This is Clutch Crew Sports. Hello and welcome to all. This is Zach here, back with another episode of Clutch Crew Sports. On this podcast, we discuss topics ranging from NBA, NFL, college football and basketball, as well as daily fantasy and fantasy football advice. This podcast is featured on Anchor.com, Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, Google Podcasts, and more. For updates about the show, visit our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram pages at Clutch Crew Sports. Hello everybody, this is Zach back here with another episode of Clutch Crew Sports, and today we are debuting our NBA Mock Draft special episode, where I have a mock draft, Connor has a mock draft, Eric's made a mock draft, we put them all together, and we're going to show you guys who we have being picked in our mock draft for the draft upcoming on Thursday, June 20th. And Not long from now. Yeah, it's it, when you guys hear this, it's going to be, you know, you're going to be probably listening to it this the day of the draft. And we'll probably do a, a little bit of an after-the-draft, post-draft sort of discussion on it, too, because... There's obviously going to be trades that happen that we don't know about right now. There was a trade actually even today that happened not too long not too long ago. So definitely things are going to be happening. And but today I am joined by Connor. Eric wasn't able to make the show, but Connor's here and he's going to give a pretty good take on a lot of ACC players because obviously he's a fan of North Carolina. I don't and, think we mentioned that before, but. I am a Tar Heels fan, being from North Carolina. So that's true. I mean, they know you're from. They know you're a Hornets fan. They know you're from North Carolina, but they could have thought you as a Duke fan. Or <laughs> we'll say, or... we, we do have three three teams. So yeah. but I am a Carolina fan. So yeah. I, I bleed Carolina blue. Yeah, there's a couple Carolina players in this projected to be in this first round here. So it's going to be a busy night for a lot of. Uh, a lot of those players in those schools, but um, and then me personally, I'm a Tennessee fan, so I've been watching a lot of SEC basketball and even the some out of conference games that Tennessee played. Like they played a game against Gonzaga, so even though I only watched one true Gonzaga game from like start to finish, other than maybe one of their tournament games, I I do know feel like I know a little bit about two of the Gonzaga prospects in this draft and a couple others, but we'll get into that later. Uh, we do want to mention a couple of trades that happened in between the last recording and this recording. So the first trade was obviously the probably going to end up being the biggest trade of, of this NBA season with the Pelicans trading Anthony Davis to the Lakers for Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart, and three first-round picks, including the number four overall pick for this year's draft. So that's you know quite a big haul to get for one player, but Anthony Davis is a proven all-star player. Some people have him top five current player. So like the Lakers are building a super team, and I think this is a win-win trade. But Eric Connor, what do you? Uh, what do you think about this trade? Yeah, well, depends on 
I think it is a win-win just in different lengths of time, per se. I mean, because obviously the Lakers with LeBron James, they want to win now and right now. You know, they've missed the playoffs for, I think, I don't know how many seasons. Is it four years in a row now they've missed the playoffs? Four or five. It seems like it's been a long, a long time. Um, yeah. Ever, like, since Kobe was, you know, still playing at a high level, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they really want to win now, and this is their way of doing it. They wanted to try and bring Kawhi Leonard in last offseason, and we saw that that didn't work. So their next plan was to bring Anthony Davis to the Lakers to try and boost their team and get some all-stars around LeBron James to try and build another super team. And so it's working out good for them. And obviously, we're probably going to talk about this sometime later, too. But the Lakers are also on the market to try and bring in a free agent to add to the Anthony Davis-LeBron James combo. We don't know if it'll be... I've. I've heard Kawhi Leonard, maybe, or Clay Thompson, or somebody like Let that. Let me check um, so, our Twitter our Twitter handle, Clutch Crew Sports, and see what... Because I know Eric posted a poll on this, actually. Uh, oh, he actually put up a thing here. So, this is, these are the final results from our poll. We got 13 votes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not If this poll is true, not uh, good news for Connor... As a horn, really fan. bad news for me. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but I picked Jimmy Butler. But honestly, I I think I should have picked other and should have picked other none because I don't think they're going to get another big free agent. Uh, I feel like with their cap situation, if they got another big star free agent, they'd have those three guys. In Kuzma, so that those four, and then they would have no other players on their team because they, those are that's a lot of salaries within those three players. So I feel like financially they're going to try and get shooters, get role players, sort of situation. Someone like a Brook Lopez, maybe. But let me see if anybody put a comment. <laughs> 31% <laughs> of people said other leaving comments, and nobody wrote in a comment. <laughs> so I guess that means none. I don't know. I, I would have wrote none if, if I was doing that. But <laughs> Yeah. Um, well, the other thing that I know my dad and I have talked about this before. You know, you mentioned that if they bring in another free agent, they're not gonna, another big free agent, they're not going to have the money left to put anybody else on the team. But basketball is a bit unique to other sports in the sense that you really can, if you have two or three, even just one good player, you it can take you really far. I mean, we saw that with LeBron James in Cleveland. I mean, he took them to four straight NBA finals. I mean, in the couple, the first couple of years, he had Kyrie and Kevin Love around him. Mm-hmm. But you, if you want any example of how much he was carrying the team you just have to look at this season i mean they were in the nba finals last season and now they were what second to last in the east this year yeah. <laughs> only they, ahead they, of they the were Knicks. they were bad yeah that <laughs> and it was yeah. funny because uh okay i'm trying to think of the guy's name the the center for cleveland i'm, I'm brain farting right now on what his name is but oh, um, he oh tristan thompson okay tristan thompson yeah. He, he said that we're the kings of the East until someone beats us or something. Like, he thought he came into the season 
like still say, still saying like oh we should be <laughs> predicted to win the East, but like obviously when you have LeBron James on your team, he's the only reason why they've made the playoffs that last year. Uh, I don't think they would, you know, yeah. they would have been just like they were this year. But so they, I mean, it, make... it, 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 yeah, yeah, it reminds me of. I mean, the same thing happened in 2011 when he left for Miami. Mm-hmm. You know, they didn't they didn't make the finals the previous year, but they were coming off a playoff year. And he left for Miami, and that was when they went on to set the record for the longest losing streak in NBA history, which was like 27 straight games or something, and they were last place in the East. Yeah. So it really shows the difference that LeBron has made for the Cavaliers. But back to this. So, I mean, I do think they are going to try and go after another free big free agent because I think they can roll with those three, mm-hmm. if, depending on whoever the third guy is, if it at all. Yeah. And they can still have a lot of success. Yeah. And so while this is obviously a short term move for the Lakers, you know, they want to win now. They're going to be in a really bad way probably four or five seasons from now. Oh, yeah. Because they gave up all these first round picks and they gave away a lot of young players. So they've essentially screwed themselves about yeah, four and, years from now. And they're only going to. As far as we know right now, their only potential notable players in the future would be Anthony Davis and Kuzma. But, you know, LeBron retiring in four years or so. But right. his production will probably drop off. I mean, I think his production might drop off this year, but it'll well, especially slowly... coming back from injury. Yeah. I mean, he's got more. He had a, you know, he's got a full off season. You know, after playing in eight straight finals, that's crazy to to go through. You're playing like an extra month and a half, two months every year, so that's a that's a wear and tear in your body. But you know, I I think that uh, in a few years, the Pelicans could have a really good team if all these guys live up to the potential that they're supposed to be. Zion's supposed to be generational. Lonzo, if if you listen to Lavar Ball, Lonzo is going to be better than <laughs> Steph Curry and, and all Do those guys. You really want to listen to him though? <laughs> <laughs> I saw um, that he recently got banned from ESPN. Actually, <laughs> yeah, he uh, Molly Karam was uh, was talking. She she was saying uh, something like, "Okay, we'll switch gears onto this," and he was, and then he said, "I'll switch gears with you anytime." <laughs> <laughs> and like people are like, "Whoa!" Like. And then they, and then, uh, but I don't think he's apologized or anything, but it's, it's, he's a, he's a character. He's funny though. I like some people, they don't like him and stuff. I just think, I just like him for the entertainment. I, I like the, the funny stuff he says. I don't, but I don't take him as seriously at all. Um, like when he said he could win a one on one against Michael Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you listen to him, it's, you're, you're not, you shouldn't believe everything he says I'll, I'll put it that way but um and then there was another trade actually that happened and i posted about this on the clutch crew sports facebook page here like and, it yeah make sure you like it that's where you get a lot of updates every episode we we post links on there alerts news stories connor's been posting a couple things he posted the ad trade and something else i want to say i also posted the rockets thing but I've been posting a little bit. Connor's posting earlier, so stay tuned. Oh, he yeah, he posted the episode link. Um, but for this trade, 
you the Utah Jazz get Mike Conley, and they're a team who is really in need of a point guard. They've got Donovan Mitchell, but so that backcourt now is going to be uh, is going to be pretty pretty strong. And, and or Memphis, I should say, they get Grayson Allen, Kyle Korver, Jay Crowder, pick twenty three in this year, and a future first round pick. And that future first round pick, I put future first round pick not to complicate you guys because it's like it's so weird with its protections and stuff. Like if it's not a late first round pick next year, then it goes to a 2022 to 2024 pick. So it's, 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 I don't, (laughs) I don't want to go into, I don't want to go into the details of it, but just future first round pick is an easy way to say what it is. Um, And to me, I was kind of surprised by this because I like, I think Mike Conley is a really underrated player and I don't know of any of these, any of any of the players that they get in return for this, are going to be comparable to his quality at all. Because Grayson Allen, I don't know how well he did his rookie year, but I didn't hear anything out of him, so I assume he didn't do that great. Kyle Korver is probably, probably going to playing in the G League somewhere. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Uh, Kyle Korver, this is probably going to be his last year. He's talked about retirement, so that <laughs> that's not. You know, <laughs> well, uh, I mean, he's been around forever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, and then Jay Crowder, who he's a decent player off the bench, but all that, and then pick twenty three—that's a late first round pick to be getting. That's not like a, a lottery pick or anything. And then a future I mean, future first round pick. I feel like they could have gotten something better out of it. I mean, maybe not with the Jazz, but maybe with another team. You know, something, I mean, they got a lot of stuff, but it's a lot of, eh. Quality over quantity is what you're looking for here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, you can get, obviously the Pelicans got a lot of stuff in their deal too, but they got a lot of quality stuff, you know, Mm -hmm. stuff that they can use to build a future. Obviously, they're not going to win next year. Yeah. Or maybe even a couple years after that, but it's a way that they can build a future to where, you know, three or four years from now, they have a competitive team. Whereas you're right about the Jazz. I mean, the Grizzlies here. I mean, they don't really gain anything from this. Obviously, they're, you know, going to be looking to go after John Morant in the draft with the second mm-hmm. pick. But yeah, what are you really going to turn that 23rd pick into? Who knows who, if even the guy that you want to get at that pick is even going to still be around by the time yep. it gets to you because you don't know what's going to happen. Because yeah, it's, it's going to be certain they're certain true. to get John Morant because unless the Pelicans throw the biggest curveball of all time, they're going to take Zion Williamson. So, you know, they're that's the John Morant is set in stone. But you're it's it's just a bit odd, as yeah. like you said in the post, as to why they would want to go through that. And um, going back to what Grayson Allen, you were talking about, you don't know if he played mm-hmm. at all. He did play in 38 games. For the Jazz okay. last year, he only started two of them, and he looks like he averaged five and a half points a game. Yeah, so, so he's and, he's essentially like a rookie. Like we don't know how he's going to be. Right. Yeah. Um, and he, you know, less than he averaged less than one on all the other stats. You know, less yeah. than one rebound, less than one assist. There's a reason why I didn't hear anything about him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he shot he shot thirty two percent from three and thirty seven percent from the field. So that's not terrible. Yeah, and a seventy-five percent free throw percentage. So, because you know, Lonzo Ball over here with his 
42 percent. He told me about percentage. that. I was, I, I knew he was a bad free throw shooter, but I didn't know he was that bad. I that's, mean, that's worse that's than awful. Shaq. Yeah, that, I, that's awful. I, <laughs> and I think, I think uh, his dad, Lavar, said, "Oh, I could teach him to be an 85 percent free throw shooter." Well, then why don't you teach him? <laughs> yeah, <that>? Right. <laughs> I mean, when you're out here shooting worse a worse free throw percentage than Shaq, don't you think you might want to, you know, step in there and yeah. work on this? All right. So, so I'm going to try my my best impression here of the of the little draft uh, jingle that they do. So, do 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 do. Welcome to the NBA 2019 draft presented by State Farm. <laughs> I the first what... one I've ever watched. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so this is this is going to be our mock draft here, guys. Um, we're hoping to have some success. Yeah. Zach and I were talking about this earlier. I'm hoping it goes the same for me as it went with the NFL draft. We weren't doing this podcast back then, but I actually managed to get eight of the 32 picks correct in the first round. So yeah, that that's that's hard to do because you might be thinking, oh, he only got eight, but like to get it dead on the exact pick, not like a pick before or a pick after, but the exact pick. That's well, crazy. Well, and especially with the fact that you know, obviously, the first three or four or five, if you get all of those right, it's not too big of a deal because most people know about that. But I also got the. I got the one through three correct. Then the Raiders just threw that big curveball and whatever. I got the fifth pick right. I got the 13th, the 18th, the 19th, and the 24th pick correct. Yeah, those are those are hard to predict because there's that's so far later down in the draft that trades and stuff can all happen. But for this NBA one, we've all got Zion here pretty – Pretty you know, standard. Yeah, this. I mean, some years, you know, some years there might be like, oh, it's a debate between one guy or another guy. This year, it's a hundred percent conclusion at Zion. Yeah, so. especially especially with how disappointed he looked when the Pelicans got the first pick. Yeah, I mean, and I'm really interested to see how he does because obviously, being a Tar Heels fan, I got to watch him three times last year when they played against the Tar Heels. Well, actually, I only got to watch him uh, twice. Because well no he didn't play in the first game either I don't think no he so got I, injured in the first game that's right I only got to watch him once I watched him a couple other times when they yeah. like their games against Virginia and Syracuse Dude, both, I watched those we both watched the uh, Louisville game that they had yeah and oh my that goodness. was Louisville choked uh, out I've never seen was, it choke as big as that yeah I was watching that game and I was I was like oh my goodness. Louisville is actually going to do this, especially how bad Louisville have been playing up to that point. Yeah. You know, they had had that big upset over Carolina early in the season, but then they started to fall off. And, mm-hmm. you know, they were up by 23. I'm like, man, it's going to happen, you know. And I was happy because the Tar Heels were going to yeah. move back into first in the ACC, like tied with Virginia. And, yeah, Zion, I mean, really, Zion was a big part of that. He mm-hmm. really led them to that comeback. So, yep. so interested to see how he does. We've all got him at pick one, pick two. We've all got John Moran, uh, point guard out of Murray State. He's in, obviously Murray State. You don't really watch a whole lot of their games except for maybe yeah. the tournament ones. But yeah, that's he, all I saw of him from the videos I've seen. He looks he's an incredible passer. I mean, the the no look passes that he delivers in like his highlight videos that I've seen are just sensational. And and I believe the Grizzlies like they. They traded Mike Conley, obviously, the whole time they were wanting this guy because 
they they only <laughs> it was like their only invite to their pre-drive workouts like they didn't look at anybody else they basically said that we're picking john moran like if you're picked behind us, don't don't worry about you know picking him. We're gonna pick him, so that's like a you know no brainer pick. Yeah, they didn't even consider maybe taking R.J. Barrett, and it was just confirmed when they traded away Mike Conley. Yeah. Like okay, they <laughs> traded away their point guard. Obviously, they're gonna draft a point guard. Yep, and then pick three. Connor just mentioned R.J. Barrett. We've all got him here. I believe the Knicks even uh, like this seems like a foregone conclusion too. There was some speculation maybe the Knicks were going to trade back or the Knicks were going to try and maybe trade this for AD and some other stuff, but the Lakers already have AD now, so the Knicks are kind of locked into this year. And this is going to be a no-brainer, guys. Like If you look up any mock draft, it's going to have this first three. It's after this first three where it gets different. So with that being said, pick four. We've all got different players here. I've got Darius Garland, Connor's got DeAndre Hunter, and Eric's got Jarrett Culver. And for the YouTube listeners and viewers, little asterisks next to their names mean uh, Eric and I think that there's a high chance that this pick is going to be traded draft night. So we would not be surprised at all. I don't think Connor would be surprised, but I don't think he's got the confidence that this pick's going to be traded as much yeah. as Eric. Um, you know. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, I, yeah, it wouldn't shock me if the pick would be traded. I've heard a lot of rumors about it, but, you know, for right now, I've got the Pelicans taking Hunter just because, mm-hmm. I mean, these these picks four through seven on this draft mentioned this is that it's pretty consensus on who the four guys are going to be between four and seven. It's just all figuring out what order they're going to go in. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows what who's going to go where whether you know some of the some mock drafts have one guy at seven and you know another mock draft will have him at four so we don't know garland's an interesting one because he was he played for vanderbilt and so you're immediately thinking oh man he must suck because vanderbilt didn't win any games in the sec last year but he was actually injured most all of last season so he didn't play at all so it's hard to put him at four. I put him at four just because I feel like the Pelicans, after taking Zion, are going to be needing like a point guard, you know, to match up with Drew Holiday. Well, I guess now they have Lonzo, but they've got, you know, Lonzo can start. This guy can come off the bench. And then you've got Holiday, Hart, Ingram. I mean, you've got a nice young team here. The, the Pelicans are going to definitely have like the youngest team in the league. But yeah. Um, well, I know the they, interesting. I'm yeah, sorry, go ahead. Okay. I was just saying, uh, Jarrett Culver here, he's another guy that people have a lot in this four through seven range, too. So, yeah, I think I probably honestly, even though it's not on here, I probably picked DeAndre Hunter in the sense that I might think this pick would get traded because you'd be <laughs> thinking to yourself, why would the Pelicans take another small forward after taking Zion? And I mean, DeAndre Hunter, he's not. It's not like he's one of those small forwards like Cam Johnson where he's 6'9", and so where he could possibly play power forward or even just a little bit shorter where he could play shooting guard. I think he's pretty locked as a small forward. Okay, yeah. So I think, because he's only 6'7", so I think, you know, because again, the Pelicans probably wouldn't need him, but if the pick gets traded to, say, like the Hawks, I'm sure they could definitely use him. And, 
Um, you know, being playing Virginia, I saw him play twice. I did, or I saw him play once against Carolina, and then I got to see him since Virginia won the title. I saw him quite a bit in the tournament, mm-hmm. and he was really. People like to talk about Kyle Guy and Ty Jerome a lot with Virginia, but DeAndre Hunter was kind of like the heart and soul yeah. of the Virginia team. Whenever they needed someone to step up and take the reins, Hunter was the guy that was there to do that. Yeah. So. <laughs> so for pick five here, I've got DeAndre Hunter, Eric's got DeAndre Hunter, and Connor's got Darius Garland. So the same people that we just mentioned here, <laughs> we have here. The only reason I've got Hunter here is I have him as a better fit on the Cavs, like, we can't. I can't say that. Oh, that pick's gonna be traded. But if uh, I, I think Hunter works better on the Cavs than he would with the Pelicans. But uh, I don't know. They they could use anybody really. They're they're the Cavaliers <laughs> right now. They've got um, Colin Sexton, the point guard they drafted last year. So I'd I'd be a little bit more surprised if they took Garland, like you say that they're gonna pick. But definitely uh, possible. Yeah. So. And then pick number six here, the Phoenix Suns. Connor will definitely want to talk about this since it's his uh, North Carolina <laughs> guy. <laughs> so Connor and I both have Kobe White, the point guard from North Carolina here. And Eric's got Darius Garland, the guy <laughs> that each of us had in the other two picks. Um, so I'll let Connor talk about Kobe White here. <laughs> He's, he, was, he was my guy last year, man. He had great hair. First of all, I mean, <laughs> I thought I thought that Joel Berry had some nice hair, but Kobe White blew him out of the water with his hair. But <laughs> he's an, he's an interesting point guard to start to start with. Given the fact that he's six five, he's really tall for a standard point guard. So he could easily play shooting guard. And I was talking to Zach about this before the podcast that I feel like he could kind of be in a, in a role similar to what Dwayne Wade had with the Heat, where he's playing shooting guard, but he can easily be the the playmaker and the guy who takes it up the court, mm-hmm. you know, and runs the offense from a point guard status, given the fact that he can play in that higher position or the shooting guard position because of him being taller. And one thing that I think is a bit underrated about him, too, is everybody was talking about his see on all the people on YouTube see his wonderful hair there. (laughs) (laughs) But one thing that's underrated about him is actually his defense of skills because funny enough, going into the season, he the Tar Heels actually had him listed at six four and he wanted to be listed at six five. Well Roy Williams's caveat for him being six five, he said, I'm not gonna list you at six five until you win defensive player of the game three times. Come to find out, he won Defensive Player of the Game at least five or six times <laughs> throughout the season. I can't remember how many times it was, but he it's something that I think is, isn't talked about him enough is his defensive skills, because he's a great passer, a great scorer, but I think he's his defensive skills are what sets him apart from maybe Jarrett Culver, who we'll get to in a second. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Connor and I both have Jarrett Culver here. And Eric's got Kobe White, the guy who both of us had going to the Suns. And I know that the Bulls have a good shooting guard right now in Zach Levine, but I feel like at this point in the draft, Culver's the best available prospect because offensively, he's pretty pretty unstoppable. 
I, I was going to say unstoppable, but he's he's definitely that's where his most of his skills are is offensively. I know in the championship game he didn't have a great game. I think playing Virginia, they had the toughest defense in all of college basketball. <laughs> defense so versus defense. Yeah, and the Texas Tech was defensively oriented too, but it just didn't seem like Culver was a defense. He was like a scorer for them, but he he didn't really show up very. Yeah, I mean he made a couple shots late. I want to say, but. Mm-hmm. I, and I know I'll, I'll say this about Culver and, and Eric will like this too. He he's very good in uh, NBA 2K19 when you do like the download draft class <laughs> and stuff. I I recommend picking Culver because he, his three point shooting skills in 2K are it seems like he's 50 percent from three point uh, shots and and I've got him on my team and and I like it he's not the highest overall guy but I play really well with him so well it's it's funny to see how 2k kind of does that sometimes with players even though their overall might be kind of low compared to what you would think as a really good player they still have to be turn to be really good I mean you and I have some experience with this back in NBA 2k 11 with John Wall and how he was only about an 80 like 81 overall but he was actually a really good player, and he was so fast. And yeah, his speed. And yeah, it was like <laughs> he could carry a team. He would he could carry the Wizards in that game, and he just seemed like he was his overall was too low for how good he was in the game. Yeah, that uh, that Wizards Association that that's a story for another day. <laughs> <laughs> the the failed Wizards yeah. or failed Wizards Association, despite how good the team was supposed to be. Yeah. <laughs> um so moving on here to pick eight this is the only other pick in the draft where all three of us consensusly have picked cam reddish shooting guard from duke and i'll let connor talk more about him but i'll say one thing real quick is i he was one of those guys that i read about that would have been that should have that they say should have stayed with duke to really improve his game because he's kind of like a raw talent, but I'll let Connor elaborate more on him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I kind of agree with that a little bit because Barrett and Williamson were obviously, you know, they were set to go into the draft for sure after the season. But I think you're right about Cam Reddish that he maybe should have stayed with Duke because he, I don't think he was good enough to be, I mean, if you look at the average points per game between the three, Williamson and Barrett and Reddish, Williamson and Barrett were both averaging 22.6 points a game, whereas Reddish was only averaging 13.5. And, and so, mm-hmm. and, you know, he had less rebounds, he had less assists. He was kind of like a third wheel almost. Yeah. And he only shot, I'm looking at his stats right now, Reddish was only 35% from the field which is pretty bad for a shooting mm-hmm. guard. Especially when, especially when teams are so worried about Zion and RJ, you would think that he'd be open a lot too, you know? Right. Yeah. And so, which he did, you know, Duke last year overall was a really terrible three point shooting team, but he was still the second best three point shooter. Well, actually he was the third best. Alex O'Connell was officially the best at 37 and a half, but Cam Reddish was the third best behind Zion, who was only slightly higher than him. But it, I think it could have done him some good. I don't know how, how NBA ready he is. It seemed like he would have moments where he would try and take over a game, and he tried to do his best when Zion was gone. But 
I honestly don't think they would have missed Reddish had he yeah. gone down with an injury. You know, they missed Zion big time when he went down with an injury, and they missed Barrett in the Syracuse game when he went down with an injury. So mm-hmm. I don't know if he, like, I don't know if they would have missed him as much, and I don't know if he was as NBA ready as the other two were. Definitely. But, I mean, he's going into the draft, so, so <laughs> even though he's from Duke, I wish him all the best. I just don't know how much success he's going to have compared to the other two yeah and uh pick number nine here i've got brandon clark a uh, power forward from gonzaga connor's got sequoia saku saku i'll let you say <laughs> i mean i don't know if that's the way you pronounce yeah. it i'm just gonna say saku dumboya dumboya i mean it's french yeah. so it, yeah he's probably from not france. how you pronounce it <laughs> power forward from france and then eric's got uh jackson hayes a center from Texas. And my reasoning with this pick, you'll see Brandon Clark for both Connor and Eric a lot later in this draft. But to me, he seems to be one of those like riser type guys where early on in the draft process, he would be mocked later in these mock drafts in the twenties and thirty. But he's, I guess he had a good combine or something. And now a lot of mocks have him, up here in this range. Nine might be a little bit too high for him, but when I was looking at the Wizards team, I thought this would be a good match for them. And uh, and obviously between all three of us, we, you know, it's power forwards and centers, so they you know, they've got Beal and Wall for now anyways. So yeah. they, they definitely need some some help with the forward spots. Yeah, they, the consensus big man is what they need. Yeah, so uh, you can debate him versus Sequoia. But Sequoia. I don't know. Sequoia. Saku. Saku. There's not enough letters there. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> um. So moving on now from that, and then, so now this is pick ten here. <laughs> the same players from the last one, Jackson Hayes for both Connor and I, and then. Eric Scott, the guy from France, uh, his name starts with an S. I don't know why. Saku? Okay. <laughs> I think um, we should just go by his last name, Dumboya. Yeah. That's a bit easier. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, to me, I picked Jackson Hayes here because he seemed to be consent. Like, I looked at, like, four mocks, and he, and he was picked at this spot in, like, all of them, it seemed like. So... I was like, okay, if every mock draft I I see is picking <laughs> here, like I guess I'll pick him here. So that that's my re- yeah. reason behind it. But I didn't watch much Texas basketball. But no, I mean we're not we're not too versed in the Big Twelve here. I mean uh, I'm kind of the same as Zach with picking him at number ten here. That it was the reason why I picked Demboya at ninth was because I saw him in like two mock drafts, both of him going to the Wizards, and the same with Hayes. A lot of mock drafts I saw had him going to the Hawks, and the Hawks need big men, so. Yep. Yeah, so pick eleven here. This is the last uh, Demboya. <laughs> <laughs> I've got I've got him here. Thank 11. God we don't have to mention his name after this. Oh, I so. know, but there's more international guys coming up. <laughs> <laughs> um, Connor's got his guy in this year, Little, so he can this, he'll talk about him here. And then Eric's got PJ Washington, a guy who I saw a lot play for Kentucky. So this this will be one where we we talk a little bit about, but. Uh, the the Timberwolves, their star is Carl Anthony Towns, so they're good at the center spot. But so, but they really could 
get help in a lot of other spots. They've got Andrew Wiggins, but uh, he's not a great player. He's he's like an okay player. So mm, yeah, and I I think the reason why I had Nasir Little going here just to start off at the beginning of the season, I I know Nasir Little was a five star recruit coming into Carolina, and he was supposed to be one of the big game changers. But he actually, I don't know if he started barring injury. Little was not a starter on the team because the, they had the starting lineup locked with Kobe White, Kenny Williams, Luke May, Cam Johnson, and Garrison Brooks. So Nasir Little didn't actually start any games barring injury. He was just kind of the sixth man on the team. But even, and I wasn't expecting him to be a one and done after this year. I was expecting Kobe White to be a one and done, especially after the way he started playing. Yeah. I was like, oh yeah, you know, I hate that he's going to leave, but <laughs> I mean, I know that a lot of people are saying he's going to be one and done and it's likely that he will be. So that was unfortunate. But Nasir Little, I think it was really towards the end of the season that he really started to cement his status as a, a possible draft pick. So I think a lot of mocks early on kind of just had him as late second round if at all. But towards the end of the season, when whenever the Tar Heels would start to get into a struggling with scoring points, especially when Garrison Brooks would start getting in foul trouble, like he was a lot last year, and Mr. Little would come into the game, he he picked up the team. He did a lot of the work for, you know, the night whenever Cam Johnson or Kobe White was off, or even when Luke May was off for the wild part, Nasir Little would come in and score points. He'd grab rebounds. Not much of a passer, but he would do all the stuff that needed to be done at the forward position. And I think the reason why, as much as I would like for Nasir Little to get drafted by the Hornets at the next pick, which we'll talk about in a second, I think with the fact that the Timberwolves have Carl Anthony Towns already and as a big man, I think they wanted to go, I think it would be beneficial for them to have a forward, obviously, but I think just a small forward, someone who a little bit faster and someone who can score mm-hmm. like the way Nasir Little can. So, and like I said, going into the season this year, it, I would have been shocked if you would have told me that Nasir Little was going to be a consensus lottery pick by the yeah. time the season was over. And Fun. like I said, I think, I think it was his late season mm-hmm. play that really elevated him to that. Fun little, uh, fun little fact here for, uh, for the viewers is when these guys were sending me their mock drafts, for for this episode here eric he, he sent a mock draft that didn't have this here little at all and i <laughs> i was looking back comparing my draft with eric's and i was and i was looking at who you know who who were some people that i had that he didn't and vice versa and he was one of them and i was like whoa i've got him going i've got him at the next pick at pick 12 and i was like whoa man you don't have this guy and then he's like oh that was a mistake so <laughs> <laughs> he must have. Uh, he must have uh, forgot. He he probably thought he had already picked him, and then just assumed that he was already gone off his board. So just a mistake there. But so P- Eric's got PJ Washington here all the way up at eleven, and I know he's a guy that has kind of been climbing the draft boards a little bit. You, you see, he's from Kentucky, but he's a rare Kentucky player in the fact that he's not a freshman. He's a sophomore, so most of the time, <laughs> you know, most of the time, the Kentucky players that get drafted, unless you're, uh, 
unless you're Coach Cal's son, you stay like four years or whatever on the bench. But they're they're all freshmen. <laughs> kind of like all, the Duke players too. Yeah, Duke especially this year, and I guess Duke has had times in the past. But Grace Allen was a four year starter for him. Maybe not Very starter, rare. but he he was there for the, with them for four years. But Kentucky is then you know the notorious school for one and dones, and it's like it's Coach Cal's like philosophy like. Anthony Davis, uh, DeMarcus Cousins, like you can go on and on. Carl John Towns. Carl Anthony Towns. There's a lot of, uh, there's a De'Aaron Fox. There's a lot of, mm-hmm. of Kentucky players that get drafted really high in the league, and a lot of them end up being really good. P.J. Washington, personally, I, I think he's the best Kentucky player, but I still don't think he's going to be a top, like an all-star Kentucky player sort of deal so I I view him more of like along the lines of somebody like what's his name he's like a point guard Brandon Knight I want to say he mm-hmm. went to Kentucky someone around like that sort of talent range so yeah but his stock has been climbing up uh, and then pick 12 here I've gotten this here little the and the reasoning behind this pick here that I picked him with the Hornets is it seems to me, and this is probably there's probably no evidence for this, but it seems like a lot of times a player will get drafted to their, you know, maybe not hometown, but near nearest to their college NBA team or NFL team. And when it whenever it happens, it usually like stands out to you. And it seems like it happens a lot, like because I know that the Jaguars pick a lot of Florida players. A lot more than mm-hmm. any other team in any other school, yeah. and even the years that they didn't, they picked a uh, a Central Florida Blake Bortles in the first round. He's from Central Florida. They picked Jalen Ramsey That's from awesome. How that turned out? Yeah, uh, <laughs> the, the Ramsey pick was fine, but um, yeah, but it, but it seems to me like I don't know it, when it happened. When it because Nasir Little's obviously in this range of being picks, I was thinking, oh. He's from North Carolina, you know, Charlotte, they probably know a lot about him. So I just thought it was a good match and I'm sure Connor would be happy with this. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I'd be, I'd be happy with Mr. Little cause you know, <laughs> I already like him for going to Carolina, but I think I, I went with PJ Washington just cause I'm hoping and praying that the Hornets can do all they can to bring Kemba Walker back because I saw that, on the way to early power rankings, y'all didn't mention this when you talked about him, but the Hornets were all the way down at number 26, mm-hmm. which if Kemba Walker were to leave and go somewhere else, then yeah, that's a very real possibility. Cause, and the other thing about the Hornets though, is that they're in a bit of salary cap trouble because main, they're mainly being hurt by Nicholas Batum. They're locked into this contract with Nicholas oh, Batum. Contract. <laughs> yeah. And he's got, it's like a $24 million contract and, don't they, they have Bismack Biombo too? But he his might be expiring. Yeah. So, but his is a seventeen million dollar contract. Yeah, it's but it, it's really the Batum thing <laughs> that's hurting them the most, from what I've read. And because Kemba Walker's only got a twelve million dollar contract right now, but obviously they want to give him the max if they can. And yeah. one of his incentives to stay is the fact that he would make. And Eric mentioned this on the last podcast that he would make more money if he stayed in Charlotte than if he were to go yeah. somewhere else. And I know he really likes the the team, and you know he hasn't expressed any desire to leave. So yeah, yeah. I don't see 
any reason why he maybe wouldn't. And But I went with P.J. Washington because I got Nasir Little going to the Timberwolves. And I do think that the, the Hornets could use more of a big man because if they're locked into Nicholas Batum, and they've also got uh, Michael Kidd-Gilchrist on the team, a small forward. So I think they need more of a bigger forward on the team yeah. to help out. Because PJ Walker's got... He's a true power forward, P.J. Washington. Right. Yeah. yeah, and Walker is... He's got the... You know, he's a point guard, so he's got the guard. They could they could use some help at guard, too. I can mm-hmm. see why Eric would take Tyler Hero, but... Hero. I, I, think, I think... Yeah, Hero. <laughs> I think P.J. <laughs> Washington would be a, a good fit for the team because they need yeah. they need another big man yeah. Frank, they got Frank Kaminsky too but he hasn't really mm-hmm. panned out as well as they thought he would so yeah so the next pick here Miami Heat I've got them taking Rui Hachimura uh, small forward from Gonzaga Connor's got the same pick and then great Eric's minds think alike <laughs> yeah <laughs> great minds <laughs> Think like whoa, whoa. <laughs> that's an inside reference, by the way. Inside joke. Um, <laughs> uh, I just felt like I had to say that once he said that. And then uh, Eric's got Nikhil Alexander Walker, a shooting guard from Virginia Tech, and uh, Rui Hachimura. To me, he he seems like an underrated player to me because I didn't watch many Gonzaga games except for the one against Tennessee, and. In that game, he was on fire, man. It was like, it was him and Schofield just like matching with threes. Like Schofield would go down, make a three. Hachimura would come down, make a three. They were battling it out. It was like, it was to me, it was like, oh man, this could be like a Final Four matchup or a championship game matchup. That's how good it was. And Hachimura, he, I don't, just from that one game that I saw him play, I don't know how his season turned out, but. He was a really good shooter, and he uh, he was like the best Gonzaga player to me in that game. Mm-hmm. And Gonzaga's was a pretty good team last year. Obviously, they were ranked number one for a good stretch of the year, and he's the main reason why they were ranked number one. So, I always think they're so overrated. <laughs> yeah, they uh, they play in a Kate conference, but they they had some decent. <laughs> uh, I do think that that they were not deserving of a one seed this year. No, like, like but, the year they the year they played Carolina in the finals, they mm-hmm. were they, yeah. they were really good that year. But I honestly think that one sheet that one sheet that one seed this year should have gone to Michigan State instead mm-hmm. of Gonzaga. Yeah, because the other three the other three Virginia, Duke, and Carolina those were mm-hmm. set in stone. But I do think that can, especially after that, if they had beaten St. Mary's yeah. in the West Coast Conference Final, then yeah, I think they should have gotten it. But after that loss, I think Michigan State should have gotten that one seed. Yeah, I I agree with you there. But then Eric's got the heat taking Nikhil Alexander Walker, uh, a guy that I'll have coming up in a few picks from now. And then and Connor as well, too. But pick number 14 here for the Boston Celtics. They've got three picks in this draft. So I think the most out of any teams. And they've and I've got them taking Bol Bol. Uh, yes, I I didn't like... You know, type his first name twice. That's actually his name. <laughs> For those of you who don't know who he is, yeah, uh, the a center from Oregon, real tall guy. He's uh, the son of Manute Ball, the tallest NBA player in history. So obviously, he's going to be tall. I don't know his exact height, but I think he's the tallest player in the draft. Maybe Taco Falls around his height too. 
don't that, know if Tava Fall's going to get taken, though. Well, I've seen him in, like, late second round. I'm sure someone's going to take him just for his size. But yeah. it's going to be, like, a late second round sort of thing. Bobo is 7-2. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 7-2. So, I've, the reason I've got him going here to the Celtics because... I don't think Al Horford's coming back, so they're going to need a center. And for whatever reason, I've seen him drafted by the the Celtics in a lot of draft. And obviously, the Celtics have three picks, so that makes sense. But it seems like the Celtics are interested in this guy, and, and he fits a need for him. But in my mind, with no uh, with no returning Al Horford, so that's what that's my reasoning for, mm-hmm. for this. Well, and the Celtics need a big man too, and so yeah. I mean, I have them taking Tyler Hero here, but I have them taking a big man later on down the line because they definitely need one. And Bobo is interesting, though, because his stock is way up in the air. I mean, I've seen him on mock drafts. I mean, it's pretty consensus that he's going to be first round. <laughs> it's just he's all over the place in the first round. Some have him up here like you saw with the Celtics, but others don't even have him until way down the line in the first round. And, you know, there's all that uncertainty around him because he didn't play hardly at all last season. He mm-hmm. was injured for most of the year. So, and there's always a question behind that. Can they come back and still be the force that they were yeah. before the injury? And uh, I didn't mention this, but Eric's got an international player, Goga Mitadise. I'm sure I mispronounced that one wrong, but I, <laughs> this is a guy that I... Yeah, I've never really... He's from the Republic of Georgia, by the way, too, not the University of Georgia. And I I don't know much about him. He's a center. He's he's a European center, so he's probably going to be a decent shooter. So, you know... He's the, Batads. Like, Batads, yeah. I think so. Um, but, I mean, I've got him here in this draft. Connor does, too. It's just... We don't know much about these guys. We, we see the mock drafts that experts have been making, and we make our judgments off that and especially with a player like this that we know nothing about we just, just kind of have to trust the the experts and then pick 15 here for the detroit pistons i've got them taking romeo langford point guard out of indiana connor's got Nikhil alexander walker and eric's got nasir little so this is the farthest down for nasir little and the reason i've got for langford one the pistons desperately need guards and specifically I think a point guard and Langford he's a kind of around the area guy so they're probably kind of familiar with him Indiana and Michigan are close together I know that's not the reason why teams pick players but it seems like the correlation I I tell you man it 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 seems to me like like it's there and he was like viewed as he was like a for sure one and done type of player and I think he didn't play as well in college for Indiana. Obviously, Indiana didn't have a great season, and he was kind of a disappointment for him. So if he had a great season at Indiana, I think he would have been a much higher prospect of a pick. But the fact that he was like a five-star player or whatever coming into Indiana, the, you know, the, the talent is there. It's just he didn't really show it at Indiana. But I still think that's going to, you know, warrant a top 15 pick. I know these these guys have him later on in the draft, but to me, he's still a top fifteen player in this draft. It's just he didn't mm-hmm. he didn't perform that way at Indiana. Yeah, I mean with Nikhil Alexander Walker, I 
same reason as you. The Pistons need a guard. Uh, I just think Nikhil Alexander-Walker is a better player. I didn't get to see him much last year because the Tar Heels only had one game against Virginia Tech, and it was a blowout. It was a 103-80-something to 80 something victory mm-hmm. for the Tar Heels, so I didn't really see much of him. But from what I heard in that game, he played a decent game. I mean, probably not as good as he needed to play, obviously, but he yeah. played, a, played a decent game. So, And, yeah, the... Pistons need a guard, so. Yep, so uh, now pick 16 here for the Orlando Magic. Connor, in, in my take, <laughs> just flip-flop him here. He's got Romeo, I've got Nikhil. And then Eric's got another Kentucky guy, Kilvin Johnson, who I forgot to mention this with Hero, but him and Hero are also both shockingly freshmen. So, <laughs> you know, P.J. Washington, wow. there's the outlier. Um, but... The Magic are a team that that they're my you know my favorite team. Uh, I'm a Trailblazers fan, but the Magic are are my favorite. I would love for the Magic to win. A <laughs> he's, got, he's, he's got a root for the Trailblazers because they're the ones that make the playoffs. Yeah, they're the ones that make the playoffs. They're out in the West, so they're you know they're they don't have any sort of rivalry or any history with Orlando. So, and I'm a big Dame Lillard fan. That's another reason why I'm a big fan of the Blazers. But and. For the Magic's sake, though, they, uh, they've they drafted a lot of big men and stretch forwards. You know, their team is full of big men. They've got if Vucevic resigns, they've got him, Mo Bamba, their rookie draft pick from Texas who has the longest wingspan ever in out of any NBA player. They've got Aaron Gordon. And I'm probably they've got Jonathan Isaac. So these are all like really tall forward type players. They just haven't been picking guards. So I feel like they've been picking best available in in the recent drafts, whereas their needs are at guard. They haven't really addressed that at all the past couple of years. They've been rolling with Fournier, who's a decent guard, but uh, for point guard. They could definitely use an upgrade. Mm-hmm. And uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, he's not a point guard, but he's still a, a shooting guard who's ball dominant. I, and I, I feel like he, you know, I like him better than Langford. So that's an, that, this is a little bit of personal bias here, putting him in. I would, I, <laughs> I want the Magic to take this guy. From all the mocks I've seen, I've seen him go to the Magic a lot. I've seen he get picked before. I've seen actually all these guys. I've seen Kellen Johnson go to him. Yeah, so so this could be any any of these guys, but I'm hoping out of out of these, it's Alexander Walker. Yeah, I mean, Magic. It's obviously I'm basing this mostly off of the fact that they do re-sign Vucevic. Uh, I, I don't know if I just pronounced that wrong, but Vucevic. Um, Vucevic. Yeah, yeah. I'm basing this mainly off of the fact that I think they are going to re-sign Vucevic. And, you know, it would, we as Zach and I were talking about this earlier, that it would be pretty odd for the Magic to take another big man again yeah. in the draft. So, and, you know, they, they do need help at guard. It's probably their biggest weakness right now. So getting Romeo Langford, I think, would be a good addition to their team. Because, yeah. they, like you mentioned, they need a point guard. So, mm-hmm. yep. so pick 17 here. For the Atlanta Hawks, this is where I've got P.J. Washington going. It's where Connor's got Brandon Clark going, and Eric's got Rui Hachimura. So 
all these guys you've heard from other picks, but we we just have them going to the Hawks here. And the Hawks need big men. That's why Connor and I both have them taking power <laughs> here. You know, they, they've got Trey Young's probably their big star on their team right now. They've got John Collins, who's uh, a big guy, but they, they could definitely use help at, at other positions, like Eric having yeah. them with Rudy Hachimura. But so interesting here, two, con, two Gonzaga guys, different Gonzaga mm-hmm. guys at the same pitch. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, one the Hawks are kind of. It's unfortunate for me that my top two teams don't tend to make the playoffs at all because the Hornets are my favorite team. But I always try and root for the Hawks too because they're the next closest team to uh, where I live. And so it's a bit unfortunate that a couple of years ago they were doing really well back when Al mm-hmm. Horford was still yeah. there and everything, and now they've just gone to trash so hopefully they can yeah. get it fixed because i need to i need someone to root for in the playoffs yeah. you know i i at this point i'm pretty much rooting for the you're, everybody's gonna hate me for this but i try well they haven't made the playoffs recently either but rooting for the lakers everybody's gonna everybody's gonna hate me for that <laughs> In, in my um, defense, I, I only liked them because when I was a kid, I thought Kobe Bryant was the coolest guy. I mean, he was my favorite player, so I don't really like him as much now because I'm not a fan of LeBron at all. So my my preference for them <laughs> has definitely gone shifted. down. <laughs> yeah, and so really, I mean, last year in the playoffs, if I, if I had to pick someone I was rooting for, I was rooting for the Thunder because I'm a big fan of Russell Westbrook. I know that would make Eric happy, uh, but I like Russell Westbrook and – I just kind of I liked them ever since they came around. I liked Kevin Durant originally, and so I just kind of they were that, and I needed someone to root for in the playoffs because Charlotte's never making it. So, (laughs) (laughs) Um, so pick eighteen here with the Indiana Pacers. I've got them taking Matisse, Tibble. This is another yeah Tybble. Tybble. He's a shooting guard from Washington. Another. Pac-12 guy, I didn't really get to watch, and I'm just kind of trusting uh, the take. But I've, I have seen, actually, you know what? I haven't even done this, but um, I've got a website here that has some of these players' uh, profiles, so to say. So let me just check his out real quick because I really don't know much about him. So I've got him earlier than this website's got him. Oh, they don't even have him in the first round. <laughs> so <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> I missed it. But yeah, I don't know. Um, I'll go back to the uh, draft. There's Grant Williams, you can see that they have taken. But yeah, so so I've got him. The Oladipo still injured. I don't know when he's going to be coming back. He's got that, I forgot what his injury was, but I know it's a really bad one. So I, I don't know if he's going to be back for the start of the season. So they're gonna need a shooting guard. They're probably gonna need a, a couple different things. So, but Indiana, it's a team that their needs are gonna change based off their free agency because they have a lot of cap space to sign free agents. So if they sign a big time free agent, you know their needs are gonna change based on that. I mean, these rookies aren't gonna make that big of an impact for these picks that we're talking about now. Well, and it, it's pretty interesting to see how, at least for this pick, you and Eric both have them taking a guard whereas i actually have them taking bowl bowl a center and so yep. i i think it's mainly based off of like i don't know i'm not as confident in this pick because i know i've heard a lot of people talk about that they were the pacers were interested in langford as a point guard but i think he's gonna go that Indiana connection. i'm telling you man 
the geography. Yeah, yeah, they cool. were. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were. They were interested in Langford, but I think he's going to go before it gets to them. Yeah. They were also interested in PJ Washington, which again, I, he's going to go before it gets to them. So, but the other guy that they were talking about besides Bulbul was Keldon Johnson. So. It, who is a, a shooting guard. So it's kind of up in the air for yeah. me with that pick. I don't know if Bull Bull's going to go there. I think he could help them, but I don't know. Yep. Uh, pick 19 here for the Spurs. I've got him taking Goga, uh, that guy from the Republic. The Dodds. Yeah. Bitadze. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll let Connor say this next guy. And then Eric's got... You know, <laughs> I'll, I'll just let him say his, uh, his player he's picking. And then... Eric's got Nick Nick Claxton, a center slash power forward. I guess I don't. Know. I guess I saw him as a center and power forward, but he's from he's from the University of Georgia, not the Republic of Georgia. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've got them taking Mifondu Cabangel. I think I, don't, I can't remember if it's Cabangel or Cabangeli, but uh-huh. I don't know. I've got them taking him from Florida State. Another guy I didn't get to see a whole lot of, even though he's in the ACC. But it was another one of those teams that the Tar Heels only played once. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the Spurs, we all have the Spurs taking big men. So My uh, and, my reasoning for this pick here is I know nothing about this Goga guy, but the Spurs, <laughs> the Spurs are known for being, the you know, a team that picks international players. So I feel like since they seem to always be picking international players that – I would mock them an international player. That's really the only reason why I've got this guy going here. Um, and they need another. They need to get back to the days where they had a, a big man like Tim Duncan. Yeah, and, you know they yeah. want to they want to revitalize having a good big man on their team. So this next pick here, I've got Keldon Johnson. Uh, this is pick twenty guys for the Boston Celtics. We're two thirds done with this mock, and. Connor's got Nick Claxton, that center power forward from Georgia, and then Eric's got Matisse, that guy from Georgia. I don't know. From, uh, from Tybal. Tybal. Yeah, Tybal. Um, this is where I think Kelton Johnson will go. I think he's kind of an overrated player, in my opinion. Out of all the, like, to me, Kentucky's got a lot of these late first-round players. I, I don't, I think a lot of, I think the reason why these guys are, being mocked up higher than they, in my opinion, should be, is because they're from Kentucky. They're you know they were at Kentucky, they so got, I feel like that college recognition. Yeah, they they have that sort of you know I'm a one and done. I'm a five star. I'm a I'm a four star. <laughs> you know, uh, so yeah. they have that going for them. And then they went to Kentucky, a school known for this one and done. And to me, he was okay. He was inconsistent, but to be a top twenty pick, I mean. I don't know. I, I guess he's going it's to questionable. Be, yeah, but I, I just don't expect big things from him. And I'm not. I mean, I don't like Kentucky, but I'm trying <laughs> not to put personal bias on here. But to me, I mean, PJ Washington to me, out of all three of them, has the best chance of of step of being a a true NBA player. But I don't know. I know Eric has these guys mocked up pretty high, but I just feel like. They shouldn't be. So maybe yeah. maybe they will be, but I, this is more like my feelings on it. But mm-hmm. yeah, and I, I mentioned earlier that you know I have the Celtics taking a big man, and this is where I have them taking the big man since I had them taking. <laughs> I can't remember who I had before, but 
I had them taking a guard earlier, so now I've got them taking their big man with Nick Claxton, which obviously they're going to need since Zach mentioned that Al Horford's leaving, so mm-hmm. most likely. So, yep. So now I've got another Kentucky guy. You know, you can pick which one you want. It doesn't really matter to me. These guys, I think Hero's a better shooter. Uh, Kelton Johnson's more of like a, a rounded player, but Hero's definitely a shooter, and that's why I have him going to Thunder. They desperately need three-point shooters, and so I think he'd be intriguing to them if he's with if he's available at the spot. So it's, this is a fit-based pick, so to say. So and then also, Connor has got Cameron Johnson, his North Carolina guy, going here, <laughs> <laughs> and then Eric's got Romeo Langford, the point guard out of Indiana. I'd be shocked if this guy gets picked here if he, just if because he fills this yeah more. yeah i don't think indiana is going to pass up on him being that indian from indiana <laughs> yeah indiana is um, indiana is really interested in him so mm-hmm. if if it gets to indiana i think indiana is going to take him yeah. calling you out for that pick eric <laughs> <laughs> but uh i'll let i'll let you talk about uh your north yeah i think this is the yeah. last north carolina guy right for the first yeah, round is, yeah mm-hmm. i think it's probably he'll probably be the last yeah. north carolina guy period because i don't think luke may or kenny williams have been projected to get drafted at all yeah. so I, but yeah cam johnson he you mentioned that the thunder really need three-point shooting cam johnson was the top i think he was second best three-point shooter in the acc last year and I would love for Cameron Johnson to go here because I mentioned just not long ago that I do root for the Thunder because I needed someone to root for in the playoffs. So I'd love to see Cam Johnson go to the Thunder. And he's another interesting small forward in the fact that he's 6'9", so he could possibly shift over to the power forward position if he needed to. But I know the uh, the Thunder already have. It's going to be interesting to see the dynamic between him and Paul George if the Thunder take Cameron Johnson because obviously Paul George is a proven all-star he's a great player and so I can't remember is is Paul George a, is he a power forward or is he a small forward I can't remember uh, he I know with Indiana he was a small forward I think with OKC yeah, yeah, I think he's a power a, forward now but well I think he can play I think yeah, he's officially he, a small yeah. forward but it's he just can play a lot of times a lot of times they want to go with like a smaller lineup so if they put Russell Westbrook like a Jeremy Grant and um Dennis Schroeder. I mean, Schroeder would be like the point guard there, but yeah. they put those three out there, and then um, and then Paul George by default is going to be the power forward. Right, yeah. Eric's not here to help us with this. Yeah, but... he, he knows more about the Thunder's lineup. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Cameron Johnson, great three-point shooter, and it was unfortunate for me when I found out that he was a senior this year because I, I didn't realize that last year he had been a transfer from Penn, and he yeah. was already a junior, so it was a bit of a disappointment for me when I found out at the start of the year <laughs> so that he was already he was a freshman. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I didn't know if he was a freshman, but I thought he was at least, you know, a sophomore probably. Yeah. So it was a bit of a shock to me when I found out that he was a senior this year. I was like, oh man, that sucks. <laughs> like, especially then when I found out that Kobe White was going to be a one and yeah. done, and that Nasir Little was going to be two. So there's going to be some serious rebuilding well, going you do on. You have that. Uh, Cole Anthony guy coming who's supposed to be really good right and yeah, he's but... another guy in, in 2k that always seems to do really well <laughs> and those and it's not even yeah it's not even a real 2k player because it's somebody who made a draft class and made him that right. but he always means like MVPs in the future and stuff so <laughs> yeah <laughs> so supposed... I mean that, that'd be nice because the uh-huh. it's gonna be 
some serious rebuilding going on in Chapel Hill this year. So, yeah. And then for pick 22 here uh, for the Boston Celtics, their final pick in the first round, I've got them taking Nick Claxton, another big guy from Georgia. Connor's got them taking Kelvin Johnson, the guy that I was talking about earlier from Kentucky. And then, sorry, Eric's got them taking Admiral Schofield, a uh, small forward from Tennessee. And I'll kind of talk about Schofield here since obviously he's a Tennessee guy that I, you know, watched for four years. And it's interesting because in the mock drafts, I've seen him go around this area and some not most of them don't have him in the first round but most of them have him going anywhere in the second round some of them have him not even in the second round at all so yeah, to me, he's, he's all he's all over the place he is he's all over the map him. yeah it is it's hard to get it's definitely hard to get a read uh i'm not i i don't have schofield in the first round i hope he does go in the first round but uh I, yeah, we, I, we, both, I, we both have him as second round. Yeah, I'm trying to think of why Eric's got him here, other than the fact that he likes him, <laughs> you know, from Tennessee. <laughs> Favoritism. Maybe, maybe because I posted a, a link or something that showed him and Bone working out for the Celtics together against each other. He might have seen that and been like, oh, I guess the Celtics like are working him out, so they might like him. I don't know, but... He's worked out with the Trailblazers. He's worked out with a bunch of different teams, the Hornets. I mean, yeah. you know, he's gone to a bunch of teams. Uh, so, but I, I think, mean, I mean, I mean, it's a possibility. I think, I, he, I, I, yeah, yeah. He's, I know I said favoritism right there, but mm-hmm. it, it's a possibility. That yeah, could it's go. not like it's not it's not a high possibility, but yeah, it, it could happen. Definitely, and I think he could end up being a really good player because. I mean, athletically, he's built like a tank, man. Like he's like, yeah, he muscles. is. I don't, I don't think there. He's like Zion, like with the muscles and stuff. It's crazy. Uh, and he's actually a good shooter too. But well, I'll say this: as a shooter goes, he's hot and cold because there was a stretch in the season where, for four or five games, where he was nowhere to be found. Like it was just Grant Williams doing all the work for him, and then he kind of he was like nowhere to be found and then they there's one game where they really needed him and he showed up big for him he had a huge game and then after that he got his confidence back and played well the rest of the season but he took kind of a, a slide there and he did finish first team all sec so he you know they were saying it earlier in the because it when the season first started he was in the sec player of the year discussion with Grant Williams, and then Grant kind of kind of took over from that when Schofield he had a more complete season. Mm-hmm. He had a more complete season, but Schofield came back and was big for him in the tournament games, and so he he did finish first team All SEC, which is something that he said uh, for being picked in the draft this high. So that's oh, yeah. Uh, well, that's, I mean, and the mm-hmm. SEC is probably the second best. Well, actually, I don't know. They're probably the third best conference. There's a discussion between the Big Ten and the ACC right now for who's the best in college basketball, but the SEC is probably the consensus third best right now, so it's pretty big if you can yeah. make it. It's not like if you're making the all-pack 12 team right now, yeah, considering yeah. how bad they were last year. So, <laughs> And they, the SEC, I think, got eight teams, I want to say, in the tournament, too. The, like, the most that they've uh, had in a long time. I don't but, know. I'll, I'll, I mean, I'll take a look at that. Okay. I, know, I know the ACC got... Uh, 
I mean, they didn't lead all the conferences, but for right, right, for yeah. their standard, it was the most teams that they've had in a long time make it. So right, well, because normally you, when you think of the SEC in the tournament, you just think Kentucky. You yeah, don't really Kentucky, think of anybody else. Maybe Florida, and maybe uh, another wild card. But I mean, they yeah, had a the, lot. Of, oh the yeah, the, the Auburn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they had Auburn, Florida, Kentucky, LSU, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, and Tennessee, and. They were tied with the ACC with seven for second place, and then the Big Ten had oh, okay. eight. Okay. Gotcha. I, I know uh, the ACC was – was they were supposed to have more before then, but then NC State and Clemson had their unfortunate mishaps. <laughs> so the ACC was – they were originally going to have nine, but – Yeah. So pick 23 here for the Grizzlies. I've got them taking Cameron Johnson, the guy that Connor talked about a few picks before. Connor's got Ty Jerome, the shooting guard out of Virginia, probably most famous for uh, tournament games and stuff. He, he and probably then, he carried them through that yeah, game. Was so he was the guy that, or was it Kyle Guy? Which one was it that made? I those? think it was Jerome who was the one I that think, carried them against yeah, Texas I think it Tech. Was I, can, I can look it up, but if uh, I remember correctly, I was hearing. I think so too even, because that really boosted his stock after. Those. Yeah, I mean, even just through the tournament, though, it was you were all hearing about Ty Jerome. Yeah. I mean, you know, DeAndre Hunter obviously there too, but was, you were really just hearing about Ty yeah. Jerome. Um, and then Evan, or not Evan? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe one day. Shout I'm, out! Shout know, out to our other cousin. Yeah, who was a lot younger. The uh, the youngest male uh, Conger cousin, Evan. Um, but no, Eric's got Kevin Porter Jr., a small forward from USC, and he's kind of a guy I've seen all around the first round too. Uh, but it seems like his stock's kind of slipping, so that's probably why Eric's got him Porter back. But yeah, and it actually was well, Kyle Guy scored more points in that game against mm-hmm. Texas Tech, but Ty Jerome did a lot more. Like he had, yeah. eight, I mean, Kyle Guy had three rebounds and no assists, whereas Ty Jerome had six rebounds and eight assists to go with 16 points. So, yeah. And like I said, he was the guy I was hearing about all throughout the tournament as the guy that was the key to Virginia's success. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Uh, so, did we miss something? Cause, nope. Okay, no, yeah, I'm the first one to pick Grant Williams. Because I, I yeah, know yeah. Grant's in, all, in back-to-back-to-back picks here. But, yeah. <laughs> so, I'll talk, yeah, so pick 24 here for the 76ers. I've got them taking Grant Williams. If you look at the 76ers, they... You know, they're going to definitely be keeping Embiid and Simmons, but losing Butler, Redick, possibly Tobias Harris, they need someone. I think they need a big, really. I mean, they, they could use shooting too, but Grant Williams, to me, is. I've seen him go to the 76ers in a lot of mock drafts, but he's another guy that I would not be shocked if he goes in the second round. I think he's 50-50 on first-round, second-round mocks. Yeah, late first-round, early yeah, second. Yeah, late first-round. Um, that one mock draft, CBS had him going to the uh, the Pist- or not the Pistons, uh, the Pacers, um, uh, no. up at like 18 or something. That was That's the highest I've seen him in a while. I remember yeah. a few weeks ago, I saw him going all the way up to the Heat, that pick 13. That was crazy. No, I don't think that's not going <laughs> to happen. A, that was just a one-off. <laughs> Uh, I mean, but, I know, I know you, you and Eric yeah. would be happy about that, but I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, that's not going to happen. <laughs> I don't think it will happen either, but I mean, this is another guy. I mean, it's biased because I watch the team a lot and I support him, but I think he could end up being really good. He's a, 
I mean, he had kind of an unstoppable move in the college game. I I don't know how this is going to translate to the pros because he's kind of like a tweener in his position because he'd be a small, he, in height-wise, he'd be a small power forward. Yeah, he's only 6'8", I think, right? Yeah, I he's not a real tall guy. But, I mean, he's, I mean, he's a, but he lived in the paint last year, like, he didn't shoot that many threes. He started to, to shoot threes up towards the end of the season, but he he really lived in the paint, and he's got, like, a a fake dribble shot that, I mean, he, in the college game anyways, he was able to dominate, and he won that. He's a back-to-back SEC player of the year, too, which hasn't been done in, like, 15 years or something to have a back-to-back player win the SEC player of the year. So that's impressive. I mean... He's going to be the the. I can see comparisons though, where people are like, "Oh, he's a really good college player, but it's not going to translate well to the NBA." But I, you know, I'm I'm holding out hope for for him to be able to translate. He's a really smart guy. I know they mentioned um, in a lot of the games, and my dad would uh, would joke with me about it. Oh, he he plays this many instruments, and he he knows this many like. <laughs> He's taking this, you know, this degree. He's kind of like Josh Dobbs was. I was about to say that. He reminds me of yeah. Josh Dobbs. He yeah, he's, he's like a, he's a student at like a true student athlete where he's got a lot of academic stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, obviously, I'm pretty familiar with Josh Dobbs now too because for those of you who are watching on YouTube, uh, you can see my new Skype logo is a Pittsburgh Steelers logo. So, pretty. This is the one sport that I go outside of North Carolina for. I'm a, I've been a Steelers fan since I was four years old, so I'm sure a lot of people give me crap about that, but I'm a loyal Steelers fan. So, <laughs> yeah, but, that's, not, that's not my <laughs> love. Like, why are you not a boy? <laughs> like, why are you not a Panthers fan? But nope, I'm a Steelers fan. Get over it. And but yeah, I mean, like I said, I'm really familiar with him now too because he's Roethlisberger's backup. So. And I, I'm happy with the success that he's been having in the NFL. Yeah. I mean, he came, he came in for a game. There was one game last year. I can't remember where Roethlisberger had to go out because he got hurt. And he mm-hmm. converted a crucial third down for us to keep us going. So, Yep. So uh, so for time purposes here, guys, we're going to kind of you know, skim through Speed these, through last, these last Yeah, because, I mean, we're, we're, we're talking about the same players here and now that we've talked about Grant and the North Carolina guys, Little and Johnson, all those guys, we we really don't have too much to say for these people. But for the rest of the picks here at pick 24, Connor's got Kevin Porter. Eric's got KZ Okpala. KZ. Like that name. <laughs> uh, Stanford. And then the Trailblazers pick 25 really quickly. They need bigs, I think. That's why I've got them taking a power forward. Yeah, I'm the only one. I'm the only one who doesn't. I've got them taking a guard. <laughs> Eric's, got, Eric's got Grant Williams here. Connor's got Tibble from uh, Washington. That guy we were talking about earlier. Pick twenty six, the Cavaliers. I've got them taking Kevin Porter. You've heard his name a couple times now. Now I've got him picked here. Connor's got Grant Williams going to Cleveland, which is possible. Definitely, I know he's worked out with them before. And then Eric's got Brandon Clark. Remember. I had him, I think, at pick nine. Yeah, so this is the biggest range of picks, I want to say, nine to 26 between me and Eric. 
I mean, yeah, I have heard him. It's, you know, like you said earlier, there is a wide range for him. So it's not beyond a possibility that him getting taken all the way down there and sliding. Yeah, yeah. Uh, pick 27, this is kind of just shooting. You know, <laughs> this is one where players start getting really different. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I've got Bruno Fernando, center from Maryland. He, you know, I read good things about him. Connor's got Eric Pascal. I remember him being on the Villanova championship team. So he's a name that you're familiar with. <sighs> Don't remind me of that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then Eric's got Dylan Windler, a Belmont player, shooting guard from Belmont. He was he was actually pretty good in the game. I remember watching him in the game against Arizona State. I remember they didn't do as well against Maryland as they hoped, but he played a pretty good game against Arizona State. So yeah. Okay, pick 28 for the Warriors. I've got KZ Opala. Uh, Another geography geography pick here. I saw he went to Stanford, so I I put him at Golden State. Then Connor's got Dylan Windler, the guy he just talked about from Belmont. Now Eric finally has Bol Bol being taken here. Eric, what are you doing with Bol Bol here so late? I know Eric's got (laughs) Bol Bol in his 2K franchise, so I thought he was going to give him some love there (laughs) because... Mobile is really good for him, and obviously he's so tall, but he can actually, you know, if 2K is anything like real life, he's actually got a mid-range shot. <laughs> yeah, he well, makes, I mean, makes mid-range shots in 2K, but... Yeah, uh, it was w- one interesting thing that I wanted to mention really quick is that I saw a list before the draft of players that were to most likely get significant minutes after being drafted, and Bol Bol was actually... Most of you would think Zion would be number one, but Bol Bol was actually number one at 98%. Zion was number two at 97 or something, but yeah, it was uh, interesting to see Zion, Bol Bol at, num- at number one on that list. Yep. Pick 29, the Spurs here. I have them taking Daniel Gafford, a center out of Arkansas, and kind of an unpopular pick, I think. Not None of you guys don't have him in your first round. He's on the second no, round on a lot of things, but... The Spurs, usually they pick players that you don't think are going to be picked there, but then they end up being really good. Look at like Kawhi Leonard and other players that they pick that. And I watched Gafford. He played for Arkansas. And the games that I saw him playing, he was really dominant. And I think he's going to end up being pretty well. I could see him being better than some of those Kentucky guys. But just because he went to Arkansas, I feel like he's being shafted a little bit in this. But... <laughs> Connor's got uh, Dort. I'll just say his last name, Dort. Lugens. Uh, Lugens Dort from Arizona State. He's a power forward. And then Eric's got Cameron Johnson, small forward from North Carolina. <laughs> as much as that doesn't make me happy, I, I have seen Cam Johnson kind of range yeah. from late late first round to early second. So mm-hmm. I, I'm not. I can't be mad at Eric for that one. <laughs> yep. And then the last pick in the first round. For the Milwaukee Bucks, I've got on taking Ty Jerome. We talked about earlier, big, you know, contributor in the championship game and the their run to the finals. And then Connor's got Bruno Fernando. I like how his name rhymes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, center from Maryland. Then Eric's got the Fondu Cabangeli. Yep, yep. So that uh, that rounds out our 2019. NBA mock draft special, but before we end this show, we do have some current events to talk about. Connor and I will both be talking about a few different things, but he'll start with the Women's World Cup. Yeah, so this has been a pretty NBA-heavy 
episode, so wanted to talk a little bit more. And obviously, I wasn't here last time to give my current event update, but I'm here now. So, and first thing, talk about the Women's World Cup. Quick update on the United States. Actually, this is probably mainly going to be about the United States. Is they won three to zero over Chile. Interesting stat is that they are actually one goal short of tying the record for the most goals scored in the group stage in the Women's World Cup. Mainly after that thirteen to zero butt whooping of Thailand. So, but one interesting thing about the match against Sweden here, I heard a lot of speculation on. Would the U.S. be, not necessarily should they throw the game, but would they be unhappy if they lost to Sweden? Because the what would happen if the U.S. were to beat Sweden, which most people are expecting they should, despite the fact that the U.S. actually doesn't have the greatest record in the world against Sweden in the Women's World Cup, Sweden was actually the one who knocked the U.S. women out of the gold medal. Um, mm-hmm. I shouldn't say the gold medal match, but knocked them out of the Olympics, basically in Rio. So yeah, they were talking, but if they were to beat Sweden, they would go on to a second round matchup or a round of 16 matchup against Spain for sure. That is locked. If they win, it's against Spain. But the reason why everyone was saying that they don't know if they really want to win and go up against that match against Spain, because what would happen, it would be their next game would be against France, who is the host of the world cup. And, Aside from being a good team, France is also the host, so that gives them a boost. So there's a lot of people that are unsure if they want the U.S. to go down that route, even though I'm sure they're more than capable of doing that, of mm-hmm. beating France if it comes to that. Yeah. But the flip, the flip side of the coin would be they would probably have an easier match against Spain if they were to win. But the flip side would be if they were to lose against Sweden and get second in the group, they would be going into a first-round matchup against either Canada or, or the Netherlands, which are both really good teams. And so uh, it, it'd be a harder road to start with. Obviously, it would probably get a bit easier since they wouldn't have to play France. But Zach and I were talking about this before. It'd probably just be in their best interest to win. Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't... Keep winning, keep the momentum. Right. That's, I, that's what I, think. I mean, I didn't see... Even though I saw those rumors about, you know, should they take the loss or should they be concerned about it? They're going to want to win. I mean, you're just going to lose momentum if you lose. And you really shouldn't. You don't want to be looking towards the future, right? Like you just want to look at the here and now and you want to win. So, but yeah, so that wraps up Women's World Cup. I think the game is tomorrow, U.S. and Sweden. But the next story tomorrow works, so maybe I'll watch it. (laughs) But this is the story that Zach talked about last time on the podcast when he was doing his current events with Blackshear from Virginia Tech. So I'll let him talk about yeah, this yeah. one. So I, I've been following this even before we started talking about it on the podcast. I would see on Instagram uh, some college basketball accounts I follow would post updates on this guy named Kerry Blackshear. And, and I never heard of him before I saw this. But he's a he's the best grad transfer that there is on the market right now and his stats i think they're in here he's like 16 points 15 points a game seven and a half rebounds for virginia tech last year it's and good virginia, for college yeah it's good for college and virginia tech was successful last year they almost beat duke in the champ in the tournament they did beat him once in the regular season and he had something I'll, to do I'll with be that minus zion but yeah yeah 
Um, so it says here he's arguably the nation's top transfer currently on Tennessee's campus, but he's visited with Tennessee, Kentucky, Arkansas, and Florida, and Texas A&M. So a lot of SEC teams, I think it's guaranteed he's going to the SEC. And then recently someone reported that he's now narrowing his choices down from the you know the big you know five or six seven schools to now three schools in Tennessee, Kentucky, and Texas A and M. And the only reason really Texas A and M is in consideration is because his former head coach is now the head coach at Texas A and M. So I think his name's Buzz Williams, and. Uh, so that's the reason why he's being considered for Texas A&M. But to me, I think it's really between Kentucky and Tennessee. And this is interesting. I posted a, an article about this earlier today where, or yes, last night, actually. Uh, this guy, Jeff Goodman, uh, stadium college basketball insider, he's reported that this is a huge, you know, he's saying that this is a huge possibly – you know, season-changing sort of decision on how the season's going to go for the SEC teams. And that uh, Tennessee or Florida right now would be considered like an unranked or like a ranked in the 20s. Yeah, they're, they're the losing all their players. Yeah, they're losing Grant. I mean, four of their starters. Yeah, uh, Florida's Williams. losing their players too. Yeah, so. we didn't even talk about Bone. Well, Florida's actually... A younger team than Tennessee. they're not losing as many players, but they uh, they're losing their star from last year for sure. But they're supposed to be getting younger and better, but they're still unproven. And so they're around the under. Right, we didn't talk about Bone at all. Yeah, we didn't talk about Bone at all. And then Alexander's a guy who's probably gonna sign like an undrafted contract, but I haven't seen it in any mock drafts. But um, <laughs> but he but he's been working out with teams, so I think. I think he will sign as an undrafted free agent, probably playing the G League and stuff. And but this is how big of a decision this uh, Kerry Blackshear is going to be. He says that if he goes to Tennessee or Florida, he he moves them from that ranking spot all the way to a Final Four contender, which is crazy to me that one player can make this big of an impact. And if he chooses Kentucky. He says he's got Kentucky around like the fifth spot right now in his preseason rankings. That if he chooses Kentucky, that would make Kentucky the favorites for him to win the title. So those are huge, you know, these are huge stakes on the line here. And Kentucky is not really used to, you know, having grad transfers on their team like like we've talked about before. They're mostly <laughs> freshmen. They mostly start freshmen. But so this is kind of new for them having to like try and recruit a guy who's already been playing college ball, but, and I don't, I've been, I've been searching Kerry Blackshear's name and I haven't seen anything come out today. Any, anything different than what I saw from that Jeff Goodman report. So it's going to be interesting. I think you could expect the decision by tomorrow or Friday. I'd, I'd say, so that's definitely gonna be something to keep an eye on. Probably the biggest news right now for college basketball other than like the freshmen recruiting for the next years, because all the most freshmen have already decided on where they're going to be playing. So you're looking at 20, uh, 21 players and stuff, but. Uh, right. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with you on that. And, 
you know, I I put a funny comment on that post that, you know, I didn't really, despite the fact that he played in the ACC, I wasn't very uh, knowledgeable about who he was. And I'm looking back on the UNCVT game, and he actually had a double-double in that game. I didn't even realize yeah. that when I was looking earlier at Nikhil Alexander-Walker. But, yeah, I, I posted that it'd be... If he's this, if he's supposed to be this big of a game changer and monumental player, then hey, you know, I'm kind of happy that he's yeah, in yeah. the ACC. It'll make <laughs> it'll make it easier for the Tar Heels to beat VT yeah. next year. Um, and I, I agree that it's between Tennessee and Kentucky because I find it, even though his coach is at Texas A&M, I find it hard to believe that he would leave a contender like Virginia Tech <laughs> just to go to a team that didn't even make the tournament last year. Yeah. So yep. I, I agree that it's between Tennessee and Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And then, but also yeah, we'll be, yeah, we'll be, we'll be bringing you updates on that as we go, but more current events, the yep. U S open for golf finished up a couple days ago. I was hearing about this nonstop when I was in Ohio over my vacation, unfortunately. And it was like, I kind of don't care about this as much. <laughs> I'd rather hear other stuff, but I was hearing about this forever. And, Gary Woodland ended up winning at minus 13. Brooks Kepka started to make a run towards the end of the the last round, but he kind of fell off and Woodland got better. So Woodland ended up winning. Kepka, if anybody remembers, he was the guy who won the PGA Championship, which was the previous major. And the biggest story probably, again, from this is Tiger Woods. And everybody was talking about, ever since that Masters win, people have been talking about that Tiger Woods was back and that he was... You know, he was going to be going back to winning majors and stuff, but he really hasn't performed at all ever since that Masters win. I mean, he, I can't remember what he finished at in the PGA Championship. It wasn't great. And then obviously only finishing minus two at the U.S. Open, tied for 21st. So it, I don't know what's going on. I think it's just a lot of hype. I think people are just overreacting to how well he performed at the the Masters. I don't think he's going to be a contender. Yeah. And any of the other majors, I'm sure all the ESPN and sports outlets will say, "Oh, Tiger's a contender." But I, well, yeah, I, I mean, just looking at at this list here, like you know, yeah, he's like I, the only recognizable name day I've heard of for right. Pure, so like, I, <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's I think it's all hype, no no <laughs> merit to it. Yeah. Um, then also, <laughs> we spent this whole podcast talking about the NBA draft. One thing we didn't mention is the NHL draft that's coming up around the same time and so not too much to talk about here because we don't know anything about it really i just the only thing i know about it is that the carolina hurricanes have the 28th pick and they don't even know who they're going to be taking because obviously once you get that late in the draft it's such a crapshoot as to who is still going to be around at that point last year the hurricanes had the second pick in the draft and pretty much everybody knew they were going to take andre svechnikov so yeah, that's the NHL draft. I'm not going to really spend too much time on that. Just mention it for any hockey fans out there. Let me refresh this to see the... Yeah, yeah. So Oh, what, what got the heart. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. So that means they announced all the yeah. award winners. And so go down. Back with some, when, yeah, when we started this podcast, the NHL awards are tonight. And they, um, they were going on as we started the podcast. And it looks like they finished it up because the heart trophy is the last award they were tonight it's at the end of the night it's the mvp trophy pretty predictable nikita kucherov coming home with the mvp award and 
you know, the lightning were so dominant all year. I'm, I'm kind of not surprised that Vasilevsky won the Vezina trophy for the best goaltender. I, I thought it might have a chance to go to someone else, but you know, you can't argue with how dominant the yeah. lightning were this year. Alexander Ovechkin, once again, winning the rocket Richard trophy for most goals in a season. I don't know how many times he's won that trophy, but <laughs> he's probably getting close to some kind of record for it, at least <laughs> in the modern era. Aside from Wayne Gretzky, probably. Barry Trotz winning the Jack Adams Award. He left the Capitals at the end of last year to go to the Islanders. And I know, unfortunately for me, I really wanted Rod Brendamore to be considered for the Jack Adams Trophy, given how far the Hurricanes went in the playoffs when nobody even expected them to make the playoffs at the start of the year. But unfortunately, they only look at regular season and not playoffs so i think if they included playoffs brendan moore would probably be a really high contender for it but since they only look at the regular season barry trotts winning it and the rest of it is not too yeah interesting nikita kucherov won a bunch of stuff he won the art <laughs> ross he won the art ross trophy for most points and yeah. won the ted Lindsay award which is like the most outstanding player voted by the players so that's a short little look at the yeah. NHL awards and I think that's probably going to do it for us. Yeah. So this is a little bit of a longer podcast here, but I mean, we did do a full mock draft, so there's yeah. a lot to talk about on, on that side and plus the trades and everything. But um, so thank you to everybody who listened for, even if you just listened to a part of this uh, for your team's mock draft, that's great. We appreciate it. Make sure to follow us on Facebook at Clutch Crew Sports, Twitter at Clutch Crew Sports. I I'm gonna finally start doing some more Instagram stuff to <laughs> to the Instagram followers because I haven't been very active on that. But Eric's very active on the Twitter side. He even said five hours ago tonight, Zach and Connor will be recording a podcast with a full first round mock, even though he's not even a participant in the in this episode. But yeah. Uh, there's a lot of interactive stuff on Twitter. I know if you mm. reply to Eric replies to everything on there. So if you have if questions, you want to send them a question. Yeah, definitely. Definitely send it on there. Uh, yeah, so yeah, go ahead. I, I do want to let everybody know out there that I know originally the YouTube channel was called uh, Mr. Sea Dog 54. I have now officially changed that to clutch crew sports because I, I, I've had that YouTube channel for six years now. And that's just what it was called originally, but I did change it to Clutch Crew Sports. So if you're looking for us on YouTube, I don't know if it'll still come up if you check Mr. Sea Dog 54 because that's still my Google account. But you can try and look, but it should <clears throat> Clutch Crew Sports. Oh, it does still come up if you search that too. Yeah. But it is officially called Clutch Crew Sports now. And so hopefully you get some more views on there. You probably want to subscribe. watch this episode. <laughs> yeah, subscribe. Like, comment, subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> um, and But you probably want to watch this episode on YouTube if you can. Yeah. So that way you can see a visual of all of our picks on the mock Yeah, draft. YouTube. Um, this is a, definitely a YouTube-centered episode for sure. Yeah. And so, yeah. And like Zach said, we appreciate all of you guys out there listening to the podcast. We know there's not many of you right now, but we really appreciate all the support. And hopefully we can get some more and follow us on yep. Twitter and like us on Facebook. Yeah, so next episode, we're going to do a little bit of a recap of the draft, see how well we all did, see which one of us got the most correct, and then, you know, 
see go how that goes see how that goes <laughs> and uh we'll Eric will definitely give his thoughts on the trades that took place. And I'm sure by then there will be more trades and news going on in in all sports. So, And another rant from Eric. Definitely stay tuned for that. Eric's going to come back with another rant. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So thank you guys again. And take care and good night. See ya.